is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it's all about control. Welcome in. We are live here on a Thursday, inching closer to a huge weekend in college football and the NFL. Make sure you guys give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up and a like to all the content there. Of course, we are on Roku TV. You guys got an Amazon Fire Stick? However you get Roku TV, download that app. Check out Locked On Sports Atlanta every single day all right um we got a lot to do today um some interesting notes about the falcons and the reaction by the players the trade of calvin ridley which i think is counter to that of their coach we'll get to that uh hawks have a big win they bounced back last night and of course we've got a lot to get to with georgia and tennessee because that's where we start you know uh as a lot of you know uh you know sports handicapping and, and being a sports betting analyst is a big part of what i do uh, outside of the great team here at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Um, and I love covering Atlanta sports, but, you know, when I look at uh, the prism of a game, naturally one of the first things I do is look at the prism of the point spread and, you know, the gambling angles and everything else just because it's the way I'm I'm wired. I say all this to say that, you know, when Georgia takes on Tennessee, I, I, I really don't have a feel for who is going to cover this game. And I look at um, – both sides of the, the, the table here, and, and it looks like both of them could cover. Uh, there, there's a reasonable way that Georgia could win and cover. There's a reasonable way that Tennessee could win outright. There's a reasonable way um, what, that that you know you can you, you you can see Georgia winning but not covering. So I, I say all this just because again, I one of the things I do when I look at football more than anything else is I, I look at game script. You know, how does the game unfold? Where are the advantages that one team has over another? And if I can sort of predict the game script, I feel like I have a better chance to eliminate variants of, you know, what could go wrong in that game script and why one team would win out over another. There's a lot of different game scripts that could play out here between Georgia and Tennessee. I think the most favorable one for Georgia, and and this isn't like, you know, shocking to anybody, um, the most favorable one to Georgia is to use the game script they used against Oregon. Now, Oregon probably is the most equitable team to Tennessee that Georgia's faced all year long. And I know Georgia fans, I, I know you can't get past the idea that you won a game 49 to three to look at Oregon as a really good team, but trust me, they are. So let's move on from that. But simply put, do you really want to be in a shootout with Tennessee? Is that the game you really think you can win? Right, like, i.e., could you stand toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson in a ring and theoretically win? Sure. Do you have the decided advantage? No, you don't. So there's no reason why Georgia wants to get into a shootout with Tennessee. That's not the game script that they want to unfold. Because if it is, then they've got some real legitimate problems. Like, that, that's not how I want this thing to go. I think Georgia's best chance at success, more than anything, um, is to use the Kirby death march and kill as much time as possible. Go back to, and you guys, again, 
you didn't watch past like, you know, the first 15 minutes because Georgia was blowing them out. So you turned the TV off, but go back to that game against Oregon, Georgia's opening drive, 12 plays, 85 yards, five minutes, 18 seconds. Touchdown, by the way. Georgia's second drive, seven plays, 92 yards, three minutes, 37 seconds. Touchdown. Georgia's third drive, six plays, 56 yards, 346 touchdown. Oh, by the way, that six-play drive was the shortest drive that ended in a touchdown for the dogs that day. Last drive of the first half, eight plays, 70 yards, 336. All in total, Georgia ran 33 plays and ate up 16 minutes of clock. Okay, that's kind of the best, most fortunate game script you can. Because in reality, if you force Tennessee to punt twice in the first half, as long as you score more touchdowns and field goals, as long as you you get in the end zone twice and kick a field goal twice, you're up 20 to 14, worst case scenario, heading into halftime. That's kind of where you want to be to narrow this thing down to a 30-minute football game. In the second half, Georgia went nine, six plays, 64 yards for a touchdown, nine plays, 75 yards for a touchdown, nine plays, 89 yards for a touchdown before they had their first three and out on their very last possession. If they have drives that are shorter than six plays that don't result in touchdowns, Tennessee is winning sort of the game script battle. That's the best way I can see this game unfolding. Again, I don't know that standing toe-to-toe with Tennessee and trying to go score for score with them works out in your favor. I don't care how underrated Georgia's offense is. What I do know about Tennessee's offense is they score and they score fast. In fact, I think they're bottom seven. I think they're seventh to last or sixth to last in time possession in the country, and yet they're top five in scoring. So they score off and they score fast. And that's really what Georgia has to, has to do more than anything is just keep the ball out of their hands. Now, I, I don't think this is a shocking revelation to anybody. But, I mean, is there a way that um, Georgia can get down early and have to fight their way back? Yes, absolutely. Is there a way that Tennessee could get down early? Yes. Can Tennessee fight back? Absolutely. There's a lot of different game scripts here. I don't – if I had to pick one team that's in a negative game script that I think is more – uh, on the wrong side of it, i.e., which team is less likely to come back? Um, believe it or not, I would say Tennessee, because if Georgia defensively can exert their will, I don't know that many offenses in the country stand much of a chance. And oh, by the way, if Georgia gets up 17 nothing, 21 3, whatever it may be, and Tennessee goes in full-on pass mode. Guys, being one-dimensional is never, ever, ever advantageous. And Tennessee is predicated a lot on their run game. If you go back and look at why they, they struggled against Pittsburgh earlier in the year and had to go to overtime, it's because Pittsburgh shut down their run game. That's the name of the game for Georgia. Take out the run, force them to be one-dimensional. Even if it is the eventual Heisman Trophy winner in Hendon Hooker, dropping back and throwing the ball all over the place. That's really what it boils down to. 
And and I don't know, I don't see a world where uh, that benefits Tennessee. It, it just doesn't. So, you know, I, I think when I try to figure out how this game is going to go um, and I figure out which way, you know, it will unfold. And I think you'll know this by the first two or three drives. By the end of the first quarter, you'll get a real sense of of what the tempo of this game is like and where it's going to go. But I, I, again, I would say Kirby would want to avoid that shootout at all costs. Kirby wants this game to stay under the total. 100% he wants this game to stay under the total. Because, again, if it's going over and the last team to have the ball wins, it's a coin flip. And I don't think you want to be in a coin flip situation against a team that you are better than. Probably decidedly better than, but better than. It's a very, very, um, it's a tough call, guys. I mean, honestly, it is. And I mean that genuinely. I, I don't I, I don't have a real good feel for how this is going to go. So I'll sit back, watch, and enjoy. Now, again, full disclosure, I'll put, I, I would put money on Tennessee as the dog just because I'm more inclined to take underdogs. And it's more than a touchdown. You bet numbers, not teams. So if these two teams are as equal as we all think they are, um, the fact that one of them is getting over a touchdown is, is the side you should sit on. But doesn't mean Georgia can't win and cover this game. Speaking of winning and covering, bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports events at the number one online sports for odds, lines, and games. We told you about the eight and a half point spread there. You have the Falcons getting three and a half at home or three, depending on where you check the numbers. But you can find news and reviews of every single league. World Series still going on. Plenty of NFL and college football to get to. NBA underway. NHL also in full swing here. You got combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. Bet online, the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They've got you covered. Podcasts have great information from some of the best handicappers in the biz. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn about the learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Uh game starts for the Falcons on Sunday against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, and, you know, the Calvin Ridley trade, finally, after it happened on Tuesday, which was the trade deadline, the media got a chance to go speak to Arthur Smith about it and uh, speak to the players about it. And what I found interesting was some of the comments that we've heard from, you know, the uh, the members of the Falcons and their coach. You know, we talked to Arthur Smith on Monday. And some of the questions that Jeff Schultz of The Athletic and Mike Rossi of ESPN, um, those guys were, were sort of prodding Arthur on, was about culture and chemistry and the locker room and what they built and how the fact that they are, at this point in time, four and four is a product of a whole bunch of guys probably playing above their heads, really playing well together as a team and um, and doing all that, right? Um so, yeah, I think that that this is one of those things where, um, you know, you look at the Falcons as a whole and you realize that it's it's that whole sum of the parts is is greater than the whole sort of deal. Um, and, and that's OK. Now, all that being said, the trade of Calvin Ridley sort of, I, I guess, divided is not the right word. There was mixed emotions between the players and the coach. You know, I mean, Arthur Smith was very curt, as he always is when it comes to things 
like this. Um, and he basically dodged several questions about Ridley um, and, and did not answer when he asked if there was a possibility that Ridley might have returned to the team after a suspension. Smith just said, quote, I'm going to focus on the present. Decisions are made. That's the way things go in this business. Not going to deal with rumor and innuendo. We could sit here and continue to play this game, or we could talk about the charges, quickly pivoting to the game, um, which I understand. And based off the heels of what I heard Arthur Smith say on Monday, and based off the idea that Arthur Smith um, is a guy that really looks for the right players, not necessarily the best players. Because generally the argument is that Calvin Ridley as a receiver is still one of the top 15, maybe top 20 wide receivers from a talent standpoint in this league. I think that's fair, right? Forget the stats and everything else, just purely from a talent standpoint of what we've seen in the field. He's a number one on 20 different teams in this league. That's fair. I think that's fair. Maybe even more than that. So this isn't about talent. There's a difference between looking for the best players and looking for the right ones. Arthur Smith is looking for the right ones, and he's pretty succinct about that. The players, on the other hand, you know, Cordero Patterson, Michael Walker, all gave comment, Kyle Pitts, I'm going to miss him. You know, uh, he's my guy. You know, I still talk to him. You know, of course, Cordero Patterson wears that free Calvin Ridley T-shirt. You know, um, all these things that these players feel, the coach doesn't. But, you know, it's I think there's two things that that resonate. One, the players felt good enough to speak out about it because, you know, they're still bought into what Arthur Smith is doing. But two, the coach view and the player view are two totally different things. What Arthur Smith is building and what the players are doing, while they're all focused on the same goal, same goal the, the prism with they view it, which is is different. Arthur Smith got rid of Calvin Ridley because he felt, and I'll speculate a little bit, that his lapse in judgment was a critical error and he could no longer be trusted to be on this team. Right? This isn't the critical critical error of, um, you know, running the wrong route or um, this isn't the critical error of saying something weird to the media or anything like that. This is a lapse in judgment that Arthur Smith looks at and goes, if I can't trust you off the field, how can I trust you on? Right? That's that's what it boils down to. Players look at it differently. Guy was suspended. He was doing his thing. You know, whatever, it's a dumb rule. They'll, they'll rationalize it any way they want. But Arthur Smith looks at it and goes, no, I can't have this. And so he's gone. I'd side with Arthur Smith on this. In the, in the eight weeks we've seen, his track record gives him the support to be able to be sided with at this point in time. So, Falcons got a big game on Sunday. I uh, want to thank you guys for making Falcons. Locked on Falcons, your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports podcast today. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we got to hand out some shovels of wisdom. want to get to the Hawks with a big win from last night as well uh we have some other uh tidbits out there that are very interesting as we turn the page um in the world series and at the halfway point of the uh nfl season but you guys getting that hungry feeling i am 
you know, I had breakfast this morning, right about time getting a lunch. It's, uh, it's time for me to put something in my belly. So what do I do? I grab my built bar. Why? Because it's delicious. It tastes great. It's healthy. It's good for you. It's got 15 grams of protein. It's only 160 calories. And it's in a great new flavor called cookie dough chunk. And the puffs, of course, I've told you about the, the puffs. They're, they're fantastic. That marshmallowy goodness stuff. Oh, it's unreal. If you haven't tried built bar puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Covered in 100% real chocolate built bars are the perfect snack. Middle of the day, in between meals, or late at night, you know, before you go to bed, you want something in your belly, but you know, you don't want to overload with stuff that isn't healthy. Again, 15 grams of protein, the perfect snack. Go to built.com, snag a box for yourself, stick them in the desk drawer at the office, share them with the family, whatever you like. But when you go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED ON15 to get 15% your first order of built bars puffs. All right. Um, we got to get to shovels of wisdom here as I am just checking <laughs> on my uh, reads for the rest of the show. So I don't screw this up. Yes, that was uh, quite unprofessional, but Hey, you know what? Um, they pay me for my opinions, not my professionalism. Now time for shovels of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We have to uh, award somebody with a shovel of wisdom for saying or doing something stupid. And you can do so, too, at my Twitter account, at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Just use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to Elizabeth Rose. Elizabeth Rose of uh, North Somerset, England, um, had a wonderful, and I mean a wonderful, Halloween costume. Um, she was a skeleton and she painted her face and, you know, uh, it, it has been, uh, it just, it was one of those costumes that you'll never forget when you see, you're like, wow, this is awesome. Here's the problem. Um, Elizabeth Rose used a, uh, like a tattoo to put a temporary skeleton on her face. Yeah. Um, guess what? Um, this grandmother, well, couldn't get the temporary tattoo to wash off. Uh, she took to TikTok to explain the whole ordeal, revealed that she had work meetings the next day and uh, had to take her seven-year-old granddaughter to school, and she could not get the tattoo to come off of her face. So, yeah, uh, she had some problems. Some people were looking at her a little bit sideways the next day. People go all out on Halloween, and Halloween comes back at you. All right, uh, Atlanta Hawks, big win last night. Uh, big win in the sense of two things. You know, one, uh, they needed a win after two consecutive losses, um, and they also needed to be a little bit sharper on the defensive end after giving up 139 points. It didn't start out well for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they trailed 51 to 28 midway through the second quarter. It was bad. And then all of a sudden it just got better and it got better fast. Uh, they tied it up in the third quarter, took the lead and never looked back. Um, the Hawks defense held the next two 10 whole points in the third 
quarter, uh, which is really good. So they win the game 112 to 99, and it was very much a um, very, very much a a uh, much needed, you know, sort of defensive effort by the Hawks and a win. Um, and you get the monkey off the back. You get Deontay Murray with uh, a career high in points with 36, really the star of the night. Trey Young had just 17, again, 7 to 22 shooting. More bad shooting from Trey Young, guys. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here, uh, but I don't like it. Um, John Collins chipped in with 12 points and 13 rebounds. He had another double-double. Um, and the Hawks got a really good team win all around. So, you know, uh, they finished the road trip 3-2. and two. They head back here to Atlanta, obviously. Um, and they start a game, a, series, a home stand against the Pelicans coming up on Saturday night. So, um, Trey Young got hit in the eye last night. He's expected to play through the injury. He had to leave uh, the game. He got scratched in his left eye, but he's not expected to miss any time. So, Trey Young said that he'll play through it. Maybe the eye will help him shoot better. Uh, just a thought. Not that I'm necessarily saying that it, it, it's good, but it's just a thought. So, there is that. Make of that what you will. A um, couple of other interesting notes here from the NFL as uh, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders, hires uh, a bank or Bank of America Securities to help explore the sale. Um, it's a weird way they phrased it, that they said uh, that they are, you know, exploring any potential transactions involving the team. Okay. Then, coincidentally, uh, ESPN and Don Vanetta released a story um, that uh, Congress is continuing to uh, investigate um, the Washington commanders for more securities fraud, uh, more inappropriate banking, um, more financial whatever. The U.S. Attorney's Office is investigating over alleged financial improprieties is the way it is phrased in the headline. Um, so this came after the commanders announced that uh, they were looking into somebody to sort of do the the sale. Okay. I mean, again, I'm not uh, talking, I'm not even worried about the timing of the whole thing or even going to get into it, but, you know, there it's just sort of weird. Uh, there's going to be a party when Daniel Snyder sells his team, not only by Washington football fans, but by like, owners and everybody else i don't know what he's going to do when he's done i don't think it matters because he's going to get like you know oh i don't know four or five billion dollars for that franchise but you know it uh it's not going well over there at all all right uh want to finish up with one more thing uh on the atlanta falcons as they get set for the LA Chargers on Sunday. You know, um, this is a mismatch on paper big time. Uh, there, there's nothing really good about this sort of uh, matchup. <laughs> the Chargers are fourth in the league in passing, averaging 287 yards per game. The Falcons are dead last, allowing 300 and, uh, and 18 yards per game. Um, you know, the, the the Chargers are a little bit weak on rush defense, so that, that certainly helps out the Falcons. But, you know, it's interesting that the Falcons sort of, I think, need to take the same path 
that uh, that Georgia have to take against Tennessee. Just keep this Chargers offense off the field. Uh, AJ Terrell didn't practice yesterday. Um, Cordero Patterson is back, but he's taking it slowly. My guess is if they're putting him in front of the media, he's playing. I'd be surprised if he didn't. But that said, you know, um, this is a Chargers team off a bye that's well-rested, getting healthy, and uh, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league is taking on the worst pass defense in the league without their best corner because I don't think A.J. Terrell is playing. He may, but you'll know on Friday. If he practices on Friday, chances are he plays on Sunday. If he's limited in practice today um, and he's limited in practice on Friday, my guess is he will. If he doesn't practice today, I think you start to get nervous that he's not going to be there. And the Falcons may say, let's hold him out. Let's hold him out. Um, because remember, the Falcons have a game five days after this one on Sunday. They get the Panthers again on Thursday night. So all that said, um, yeah. Very, very difficult spot for the Falcons here against the Chargers. All right, we got a lot more on that tomorrow uh, as we'll wrap up the week and get you guys set for the weekend. Um, if you need any more information on Falcons, go to Locked On Falcons with my good buddy, Aaron Freeman. We appreciate you making it your first listen. Like I told you before, if you're next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel here at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give up a thumbs up to the content there. Check us out on Roku TV, on the Amazon Fire Stick, or however you get your Roku TV. Download it and listen and watch Locked On Sports Atlanta every day. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Follow the network at Locked On ATL. Back tomorrow for a football Friday. You guys have a great Thursday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you.